Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 1, recorded Sunday, March 17th, 2019. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hi everyone, and thank you for tuning in. This is the inaugural edition of Scuba Shack Radio, and I'm your host, Jeff Cintrapino. By way of introduction, I'm one of the four owners of Scuba Shack here in Rocky Hill, Connecticut. Uh, I own the dive shop along with my wife, Donna, and our son, Matthew, and our partner, Monty Fitzpatrick. We've been part of the Scuba Shack family since we learned to dive way back in the early 2000s. And uh, Monty has been part of Scuba Shack family since uh, the early 1990s. So the opportunity came along a couple of years ago for us to purchase Scuba Shack. We jumped on it, and there's been no looking back for two years now. So we're very proud to be the next custodians of the dive shop that's been in business for over 40 years. And we're very proud to be a PADI five-star instructor development center. So why are we doing this now? Why am I starting a podcast uh, in 2019? Well, podcasts are pretty big. It's a way we get a lot of information out there. I listen to several different podcasts, and I'm always looking for some good new things out there to help pique my interest in different things that are going on. And um, we hope that that by having uh, short segments uh, on this podcast, we'll be able to talk a little bit about things that are happening in the news with equipment, uh, things that are happening around ocean health and conservation, some ideas around what's going on with training. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, something that we've wanted to do for a while or I've wanted to do for a while, and we're going to try to keep it up over a biweekly basis. So hopefully you'll find it interesting and informative, and uh, you'll listen as we put new podcast uh, episodes out there. One of the things that I started doing last September was writing a weekly short blog for our website, and I tried to do something similar to what I'm doing here with the podcast. So the uh, the, the blog will keep going out on a, on a weekly basis, and um, we'll try not to repeat things between the blog and the, and the podcast, but on occasion there might be things that I think are, are critical enough or have some great information that I want to make sure that you don't miss, either whether you're reading the blog on scubashackct.com or whether you're listening to Scuba Shack Radio. But I'll try not to repeat things, and if I do, um, uh, well, that'll be the way it happens. First thing I want to tee up today is is a little bit about gear. And there was recently an article in the latest version of the Undercurrents magazine titled "Is Your Computer Is Your Old Computer Safe?" Well, that's that's a really loaded question. Um, you know, if you think about it, I have uh, a Sun Tzu uh, Gecko computer that I got in 2004, and we still use it. It's still available. 
um, and I have that. But uh, it got me thinking a little bit about uh, when, when and, and how old should your computer be before you replaced it. Um, last year, uh, I wrote in September in the blog uh, a little piece that, that pointed people to, towards an article in Alert Diver magazine about replacing your dive computer. Um, not sure if people had a chance to read that, but you can go out and, and look at the Alert Diver magazine online and probably find that, that article out there if you're interested. So I want to start this off by talking a little bit about the computer that I own. I actually own um, five different computers. I have the Gecko, like I said, the Sunto Gecko from way back in 2004. Uh, I also have a Sunto D6 that I bought in probably 2007 um, and quickly followed that up with a Viper computer, all from Sunto. So you can see we were pretty much a Sunto uh, kind of uh, dive shop for a while. Um, and, and along came then Shearwater, Shearwater with their, their phenomenal computers. And um, also Aqualung came along after they lost the distribution rights to Sunto with, with their own computer line. So in addition to the Gecko, D6, and Viper, I also own an i300C from Aqualung and a Perdix AI. Um, so one of the things that we, we wanted to, to talk a little bit about is do you know what algorithm your computer uses? Well, it's, it's worth a little bit of research. You don't have to be um, a, a physicist or mathematician or uh, you know, any great mind to understand that, that these, these algorithms are different based on the computers that you use. And you should know what algorithm your computer is using. So, for example, the Perdix um, AI uses the Boolman uh, GF algorithm or gradient factor algorithm, and it's based, or you'll hear it called the ZHL-16 Charlie um, algorithm by Boolman. Um, you know, and, and actually, when Aqualung bought the, uh, came out with their line of computers, the i300s and, and the, the i100 and all of their different ones. They're, they're based on the Pelagic Z plus algorithm uh, that was developed by Dr. John Lewis, uh, which is also based off of the Bullman ZHL-16 Charlie, uh, Charlie algorithm. Sunto, on the other hand, has a different model. It's called the Reduced Gradient Bubble Model, so uh, just a little bit different. Some of them uh, have a little bit different conservative factors on them, but you know, pretty much when we dive or I dive uh, with the, the Shearwater or the Viper or the I-300, what I got to say is as I'm looking at those computers underwater, um, you know, as one is my primary, one is my backup, uh, they're pretty darn close as far as the no decompression limits and, and, and how things are happening. So um, it's all a matter of, of, of what you have on your computer and the, the settings you can, you can make on them. So, uh, you know, if your computer's old, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to replace it. But uh, please do a little research out there and, and see um, what's new. And, and there's plenty of stuff on the web. Just Google um, your Bullman uh, algorithm or your RGBM um, algorithm, and, and you'll just get a lot of great information out there. 
Pretty much everyone knows that coral reefs are in danger with uh, climate change. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I believe that it is happening, but some people may not. But uh, there are uh, coral reefs that, that are really stre uh, stressed out and, and under danger. So anytime you read a good story about uh, success and, or people trying to help coral reefs, you, you, you get excited a little bit. And um, the, the latest edition of Dive Newswire um, that I saw, there was a, an article in there called Elkhorn Coral Planted at Bonaire Dive Site, Oil Slick Leap. So I was wondering, where is the oil slick? But that's, that's a different story altogether. Um, but what happened here is that uh, they, they got a grant um, down in Bonaire to try and grow some corals and, and do it in a, a pretty uh, resourceful way. So what happened here was uh, they took uh, some coral and created one of those Christmas tree type of farms where they were growing the coral and let it grow for about a year. Um, and then what happened is they were able to take it and outplant it on oil slick reef. So what's happening there is it looks like the corals are, are alive and prospering. And, uh, you know, after two months, they were able to see 763 coral being uh, planted back on the reef. And different strains were strategically planted to maximize their, their diversity. And um, it looks like it's working. So, um, so good news on the, on the coral reef front. And uh, actually, we're heading to Bonaire in 2020. We got the dive shop trip down there. So uh, maybe we'll try to find oil slick leap and see what's happening with those corals. My latest weekly blog, I talked a little bit about the, uh, the trip we did up to the Boston Sea Rovers in Danvers, uh, Massachusetts last weekend, and uh, you can read all about that, uh, all the fun we had up there and all the activities that went on up at Boston Sea Rovers on, on the weekly blog at uh, scubashackct.com. But there's another show in the, in the East here that that's coming up towards the end of the month, and that show is called Beneath the Sea, which is... Uh, labeled as America's largest consumer scuba and dive travel show. You know, in all the years that uh, I've been associated with, with the diving community, I, I've never had the opportunity to make it down to beneath the sea. There's always been something else going on at that time of year, whether I was traveling or uh, we were doing training or there was just uh, too many things to get in the way of it. Well, we, we still have things getting in the way. We actually have to run the dive shop, and we'll be working uh, that weekend through Saturday. But um, on Sunday, uh, Monty, Matt, and I are going to head down to Beneath the Sea. We've got some uh, appointments set up down there to meet with some people uh, and, and to see the show. So I'm really looking forward to that, to getting down there and seeing uh, what is labeled as the largest consumer scuba and dive travel show in the U.S. and it'll be down at the uh, New Jersey Meadowlands Expo Center in Secaucus and those dates run uh, on March 29th through the 31st. So if you're in the Northeast or you want to get ready for the dive season, consider uh, heading down to Beneath the Sea in, in New Jersey in, in a few weeks. I know uh, we're looking forward to it. I was out uh, poking around the Project Aware website and I like to go out there every once in a while to see what's new or what news articles they might be covering from Project Aware. 
Um, Scuba Shack is a 100% aware uh, participant, and we donate to Project Aware for every PADI certification we issue, and we're very proud to be a part of 100% Aware. Um, it's our way of giving back. There's a ton of organizations out there and a ton of places that can be supported. But as a dive shop, we've, we've selected Project Aware as our, uh, as our uh, primary uh, um, organization that we want to support uh, in, in, in ocean health and conservation. But there was recently an article out there that was posted, a press release by Ocean Conservancy. And Ocean Conservancy really has a lot of great stuff out there. You can go out there on the web and look at their stuff and see everything that they're doing uh, to support healthy and sustainable oceans. But there, there was a re- recent World, Economist World Ocean Summit that was held in Abu Dhabi, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, recently. And Ocean Conservation teamed up with a whole bunch of other organizations to announce the launch of something called Urban Ocean. And they labeled it as an initiative to engage cities in the fight for clean, healthy seas by improving municipal waste collection and management systems. So they're going to work with these city governments and these leaders, uh, civil societies, private sector, things like that, um, to to try and reduce the marine plastic waste from our uh, cities that, that go out into the ocean and, and just cause a lot of problems problems out there. Um, you know, if you've been reading the, the blog or, uh, in, or just in general, uh, understand what's going on. We, we have a big problem with plastic in the ocean, uh, not just plastic, but microplastic when it all breaks down and it, it's causing us a lot of problems. There's a, a lot of energy around it, um, you know, in reducing single-use plastic, um, in trying to come up with solutions for getting rid of the plastic. Um, I guess the, the, the idea is um, maybe we need to, to just stop making so much plastic and using it. I, I know that's, that's easy to say, but really difficult to do. I know here at the dive shop, we get a lot of gear in and it comes packaged and it's a lot of single-use pack- plastic that we have to get rid of. So anything we can do along the way to be sustainable, we've gotten rid of all the plastic uh, uh, cups and and all the plastic that we don't need here at the shop, we're still working on some of the things like the 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 plastic cutlery, the the forks and things like that. But uh, getting rid of the single use plastic is something big. Um, and uh, I ask you just go out, take a look at all the different things that are out there. There's plenty of information on on how we can reduce plastic um, and and just try a little bit, whatever you can do. It'll help. Uh, I'm hoping that, that, that we're well on our way to, to solving this problem in my lifetime. Well, there you have it. Uh, I wanted to keep this uh, fairly short to start. Uh, I wanted to see if I could uh, get a few things out there and some information, see how it goes, listening to how uh, I might sound over the airways. Uh, not sure how it's going to go. Uh, we'll, we'll get this in front of some people and uh, we'll see what the criticism is or the feedback or how we can make it better. Um, I, I'm enjoying trying to figure out how to get information out to people and um, trying to help uh, divers and people that are like-minded in, in, in a sustainable planet. So I uh, appreciate you listening today and hopefully uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more. 
Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.